Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Press Box Hattrick. I'm your host, Olivia Nevin. Today I'll be joined by Dylan Bouvet, a uh, contributor at The Link with us. Uh, we're going to talk about the NHL. So um, the NHL offseason is heating up right now. We're in the middle of the draft. We have free agency coming Friday, and we've had a ton of trades, a lot of player movement, a lot of drama, a lot of rumors. So we're going to get to uh, get to a bunch of the, a bunch of that stuff and talk about the Habs and um, should be fun. Let's go. All right. So uh, so Dylan, thanks for thanks for joining me today on uh, on the press box hat trick. Uh, we got a lot of NHL stuff to to get to, but first, uh, we're we're in the middle of the draft right now as we speak. We're recording on uh, Wednesday afternoon. We're in the later rounds of the draft. Uh, have you been following closely? And and what are you? What have you? What have been your thoughts uh, on 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 these first few rounds? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been following closely. Um, Montreal definitely drafting some players for the future. These guys won't be NHL ready for a few years. I'm pretty excited about uh, Kaden Gould. It's a big, uh, big defenseman. Can put up some numbers. Forty points last season in the WHL. Yeah. Uh, see what he could do for us. I'm excited about that. Um, but like, once you fall out of the top ten, it kind of trails off in terms of quality. But goal could be a a good guy for us in two to three years. So I'm excited about that for sure. So uh, we saw Alexis Lafreniere go go first overall. That's not a surprise at all. Um, you know, we see him with the with the franchise altering potential, and um, I mean, the Rangers have a couple of those players now, um, so they have a wealth of of, of uh, prospects now for the future. And we can see him, I think, uh, pretty comfortably fitting into that team, uh, you know, right away, right? For sure, for sure. Um, if not with on a line with Panarin, he'll be playing with Dylan Strom or or Sibanejai, uh, like they. He's he's definitely a top six player. He's ready. Um, yeah. He showcased his skill at the at the World Juniors this year. He's he's, he's gross. Let's let's be honest. He's yeah, such a player. Sure. Like, an exciting guy to watch. So we saw Quinton Byfield go second overall to the LA Kings. You know he he he's an interesting player because he's basically you know he's got the the he's the full package really. He's a big guy, six foot four, can skate really well, can shoot, can pass, has great vision, all the offensive tools you really need in a in a guy to to drive your offense. Uh, but do you think he he he's ready for the NHL? Uh yeah, yeah. So Los Angeles, I'm excited. He fits that the mold for their team. They're looking for a big body down the middle. Um, he's one of the youngest guys in the draft. He just turned 18 a few like a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, he's a capable scorer. He can put up goals. He's going to throw the body around. Is he ready for the NHL next year? I don't think so. He still has a bit of maturing to do. He is a big body. Like, he, he has a nice frame. It's just, is he um, able to jump into that top six role right away? I don't think so. I think another year in the O will we'll do him some, some wonders. And then I, I don't see him – I don't see why not. He wouldn't be a Calder candidate in 2021. So, outside, outside of the top two, is there – uh, is there a player you see that can fit into any of those rosters? Um, you know, right off the bat, you, Tim Stutzla went went third to Ottawa. Lucas Raymond fourth uh, yeah. to Detroit. Jake Sanderson after that to uh, to Ottawa again. Uh, are, are there are any of those guys you think ready for the NHL? Maybe a couple of picks after that. Honestly, I think a guy like Jamie Drysdale might slip into the lineup next year. If 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 not full time, he'll definitely get an NHL start next year. He's another guy that's putting up crazy offensive numbers, 47 points in 49 games last year in the O as a defenseman. Um, a little undersized, 
But his offensive capabilities are, are insane. The sky's the limit for this guy. Um, I'm also excited about number 10 pick, Cole Perfetti. His offensive numbers were insane this year. Will he make the team? I'm not sure. 111 points in 61 games. This guy, this guy has been compared to Connor McDavid. Like he's that good. Like he's got yeah. the skill set to be an offensive juggernaut in the league for sure. On on the broadcast yesterday, they, were, they mentioned that his his realistic comparable is uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and wow. uh, I think if that's the kind of player he can um, develop yeah. into, then yeah, I can't yeah. complain. Uh, what, do, are there any surprises for you in this in this uh, in this first round? Any anyone that went higher than you thought maybe dropped a little? Well, there's a couple of question marks even on uh, Sportsnet. They're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah. Um, what's his name? I think it's Chinakov. I forget where he went. Yeah, number twenty-one by Columbus. Right. Uh, yeah. Completely off the board. This guy was projected yeah. to go in, in the hundreds in the th- like the third or fourth round. Yeah. They snagged him at number twenty-one. Uh, could be a bust. Could be mm-hmm. a surprise. Uh, don't know too much about this guy. KHL. He's playing the KHL nineteen. That's always a good sign. He's playing the yeah. men. So, yeah, that was a question mark for me definitely last night. So we saw uh, we saw the Predators go with a with a goalie for their first round pick in uh, in Askarov. Um, I mean, you know, we never we, we rarely see goalies get picked in the first round. Obviously, you know, the Habs with Carey Price did it um, in in two thousand five. But you know, you, do you think this this is a good pick for them? The the goaltending issue has been a bit of a question mark for them in the last few seasons with uh, Pekarene. Uh, on a on a downslide, and then UC Saros not necessarily being as consistent as they'd hope. Uh, was this was this a reasonable pick for them? I think so. It's always it's always scary picking a, a goal in the first round because it's always it's it's scary because it's a hit or miss. Um, but again, another guy playing the KHL, putting absurd numbers as an as an eighteen year old in the KHL, which is which is crazy. So, um, from what I've read and what from what I've heard, scouts are comparing him to Carey Price. Like his he his uh, skill set is there. He can move. Yeah. He's uh, like I said, it's it's a hit or miss with goalies. Like it, it's exciting to to see a goalie that go that high. Cause it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a hit or miss for sure. We saw we saw a goalie get picked in the first round last year in Spencer Knight, who went to yeah. uh, to the Panthers. So maybe this is becoming more of a trend. I mean, you don't see goalies. Uh, you know, go this high usually, but uh, especially in the KHL now, you see tons of tons of really good goalies or projected good goalies coming out of that league. So, you know, maybe this is something we'll look out for in the future and future drafts and stuff. Um, but moving on for the draft, um, you know, we've seen a couple notable trades now in the NHL in the in the, in the last few days and weeks. Um, we'll start with one, uh, you know, that kind of shook uh, shook the the Montreal market yesterday. Um, a trade for uh, for Josh Anderson. Um, have sent Max Domi and, and a third pick and a uh, third round pick in this year's draft uh, to Columbus for Josh Anderson. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that trade? Because I know that it had a lot of people, um, you know, talking about it. Initially, I was not happy for sure. He's a fan favorite. We love Domi here in Montreal. Um, not just for what he's done on the ice. His first season with us, putting up seventy-two points. It's absurd. Like we were yeah. so excited, he exceeded expectations. But I, I people don't know. Uh, this kind of stuff, but behind the scenes, he's been great with the community. He's been yeah. an advocate for, for kids with uh, type one diabetes. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a great, he's a really great locker room guy loved by teammates. So it was really hard to see him go yesterday. He is yeah. an RFA. So he is unsigned. Um, and from what I've heard, his relationship with uh, Bergevin and, and Claude Julien have not been great. Um, 
He played the on the fourth line most of the playoffs this year, which is not good. Like, you yeah. can't be playing a guy that good on the fourth line. So there's definitely some relationship issues there in terms with the management. But, I mean, we went out and got a big body in, in uh, Josh Anderson. Um, yeah. He was injured uh, most of last year. He was dealing with some wrist and shoulder injuries. Um, but his upside could be a top six scorer. So I'm looking forward to that. I get, I get the trade. Positionally, yeah. we needed a guy like Josh Anderson on our roster, right? Big right wing guy, power forward. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, but it sucks to see Domi go. It's never easy. So the year that Domi got 72, 72 points, 28 goals, Josh Anderson had 27 for himself. So yeah. um, maybe not in terms of assist playmaking, but I think in terms of goal output and, uh, you know, the, the intangibles, uh, like we talk about the physical presence, you know, can make a, a serious difference. And last year was a, was a down year cause he was injured most of the time and some pretty bad injuries too. Um, did not, you know, did not put up uh, big numbers in the time he did get, but you know, hopefully uh, this next season, whenever it does come, will be a bounce back year for him. So Josh Anderson is RFA as well. He's 26. Uh, so he's a, he's a, he's an older RFA. How much money do you see him commanding on his, on his next deal that I imagine that Habs will sign him to? If I'm Bergevin, I'd love to give him a prove it bridge deal. So maybe two, three years at three and a half. Um, he could definitely, as a UFA, demand more money after that. But I would like to see where he fits in our lineup before, you know, giving him a seven, eight-year deal for upwards of four or five million dollars. So I'd love to give him a prove-it bridge deal, like two, three years. At maybe like three and a half. Yeah, that makes sense. His last deal now, he he was making um, almost two million. So yeah. uh, so that makes sense. Yeah, considering you know he didn't really put up any stats last year, it was a bit of a weird year for him. So. Yeah, I, he is that kind of, I guess, at that point now where he does have to prove himself a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited too. I thought maybe throwing in that third third round pick was a slight overpayment because you'd see this kind of deal being one for one. I mean, you know, uh, Domi has this reputation around the league as, as, you know, a highly skilled forward who has yet to really, you know, break out and be that guy that we thought he would be, you know, that we saw at those World Juniors where he he was such a personality and carrying that team like he did. And we did see it in that first season with the Habs last year was a bit of a drop off. Um, but I think a lot of people looked at this, especially outside of the Montreal market as, you know, the Bergeron getting fleeced. Uh, but I don't think I don't think that tells the whole story. I think I think um, we'll see how this how this turns out. I mean, who knows if Domi fits into a Tortorella system if he's a Tortorella type player. Uh, you know, that remains to be seen, right? So so what I heard initially, I was like, wow, why add the third? But apparently Josh Anderson was a hot commodity. A lot of GMs were calling the Columbus Blue Jackets about mm-hmm. um, maybe grabbing his rights. So yeah. I feel like to sweeten the pot, like Bergevin just threw in that third just to, to make sure the deal went through. Yeah. Um, and the Habs so- had a lot of picks in this year's draft too. Yeah. So I guess they, were, they didn't mind, uh, you know, giving away one especially for a guy that they've needed. It's been a, it's been a need for a while now. So hopefully he really does fill, fill that void uh, yeah. and add some, some size to that forward uh, forward group. Cause the defense is, is big. There's no, uh, no kidding. It's uh, with, with the recent acquisitions and the way they play, it's a f- big physical defense, but you know, the forwards still, uh, still lack a bit of size. Uh, let's move on to another trade. We saw earlier this morning. Um, uh, Pittsburgh traded uh, goaltender, um what's the name murray matt murray matt murray to um to ottawa yeah. for uh for a a prospect and a second round pick um 
my so one of my friends like i mentioned is a, is a is a big uh, pittsburgh fan and uh, he texted me he's like what what the hell is that murray deal and i kind of you know i kind of agree with him i you know i think i think pittsburgh now signing jerry to that contract uh i think murray became the expendable one mm-hmm. but i feel like this is kind of i don't know i don't know i feel like they could have got more no he is he is rfa as well so he needs to be signed but i don't know is this a bit of a uh, you know, an underpayment. Did 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 Ottawa get away with with, with a steal here? Um, I didn't think Murray was going to fetch a first, just because he had a tough, he had a really tough year last year. He was below 900 save percentage. Um, he was very shaky last year. Yari really really stepped up and played. Uh, was was the starter. Let's be honest. Last year, mm-hmm. um, like you said, also he was an RFA. I I honestly I'm not upset with this return. I, honestly, Rutherford's been. I mean, honestly, he's been getting fleeced with his last couple of deals, and I honestly yeah. think he's one of the better trades he's made in the past couple of months. Um, they got themselves a young guy in Gruden. I don't know too much about him. He's a former fourth-round uh, fourth pick. He's only 20 years old. He could turn out to be a, a nice little prospect for them. Um, I'm not upset with this deal, honestly. A second and a, and a, and a prospect, I'm, I feel like that's, uh, that's just about right for, for Matt Murray. Uh, so... Um, as you mentioned, Pittsburgh's been pretty busy with, with some deals and, um, a couple. So on September 24th, uh, Pittsburgh traded Patrick Hornfist to, uh, to Florida for Colton Sevier and, and Michael Matheson. This deal, uh, you know, caused a whole lot of, I guess, ruckus in, in, uh, in the NHL community, uh, especially with, with Pittsburgh fans who I think, you know, Hornfist is a, is a fan favorite, right? You Hard, hard not to like him. You know, he was there for 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 a cup, uh, and he, you know, he plays hard, and 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 he he's been there for for a while. So to see him leave was not uh, was not fun for Pittsburgh fans, but also to see what they got in return. So Michael Matheson was, I, I think, a pretty exciting prospect and player a couple of years ago, but ever since signing his new deal, has really not been the same guy or the guy everyone thought he would be. Um, so looking at this now, especially with the money he's made he's been he's been making and that he wasn't in the lineup for florida when they when they when um in the last few games they played last season uh you know this seems like a bit of a i mean a a a bit of a a weird one for pittsburgh no so they're looking to to fill out that bottom role he's going to be a bottom uh pairing defenseman he's gonna be on on the left side for pittsburgh and from what i've heard he doesn't get too much media coverage because he plays for florida and unfortunately they don't have a huge fan base over there but um from what i've heard off offensively he's got he's got some talent he could bring the puck up he's a good puck moving defenseman um he is making that hefty contract over four million a year i think almost five yeah yeah almost five off and um i mean he's not terrible for pittsburgh uh they did pay a lot for him in 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 term not necessarily in patrick corvis being that elite talent but in terms of a locker room guy he's a mm-hmm. he's a fan favorite he was a favorite by teammates so that that trade kind of came out of left field for most teammates did a lot of people were upset about that um that deal yeah i mean also pittsburgh you know they they actually take on more cap um in this yeah deal? i know in this deal so yeah, sure. you know it's not it's not really a salary dump um and yeah they, i think maybe they do need some help on defense what we saw really it was the glaring uh, i mean one of the glaring issues they, this team was uh they they had a lot of problems in that series against yeah. montreal but de- definitely defensively and we just saw that they bought out uh, jack johnson uh yeah. schultz 
free agent. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But you know, if Matson is going to play a, a um, you know a bottom uh, a bottom four role, maybe like uh, a, um, you know he's going to be like a fifth or sixth defenseman. That's a lot of money to be paying that kind of player. No. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was yeah. This deal didn't didn't make too much sense. Yeah. In my opinion, it's Cole a weird one. Severson, uh, Savior, Savior, yeah. Yeah, uh, didn't make too much sense because they already have some guys that could fill in those roles. But they always find uh, them Pittsburgh. They have a good way of figuring out those bottom six guys. That's never an issue. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was a bit of a question mark this deal for sure. I yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matson's always been looked at as this guy who kind of has the whole package, but has never been able to put it together completely or at least consistently. Um, but I mean, it would be nice to see him succeed. He's a Montreal guy. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be it'd be cool to to see him break out. But uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Pittsburgh is in a weird weird position right now, and just losing a guy like Murray, who's been you know at the team for with the team uh, for a while, two cups. You know, that's yeah, two cups. Two cups. Uh, going through a bit of an identity crisis right now. So um, we'll see what happens yeah, with agree. them. Another big trade, and you know, this this is one uh, you know I think a lot of people look at and just scoff at, and who knows what what actually comes of it, but. Um, Minnesota traded Eric Stahl to Buffalo for Marcus Johansson. Um, you know, so these are two guys that haven't really been making huge waves in the NHL, at least recently. Um, but I guess the change of scenery for two guys, you know, Eric Stahl is, uh, um, you know, I mean, he has, has been a big player in this league for a long time, right? Won a cup with, with Carolina, but um, you know, do you see this really working out for either of these teams? Honestly, Eric Stahl, I, I saw him revitalize his career in Minnesota. He had two great seasons when he joined them. 28 goals in his first season, 42 goals in the next. Like, this guy, uh, um, when he came to Minnesota, he really took he, – he stepped it up for sure. He stepped up this game. Inter- Marcus Johansson, um, solid depth scorer, um, has never really – when he was in uh, Washington, I, I, if I remember correctly, yeah. he was a – a solid top six forward, but yeah. since joining Buffalo, like he's kind of went under the radar. So um, they're both, if I'm not mistaken, both UFAs next year. They have one more year, uh, one more That's uh, right. year yeah. left on their deals. So, um, so see what happens with that. But I don't see why Eric Stahl can't step up as that uh, second line defenseman, uh, second line center for Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, just behind Eichel and put up uh, 50 points. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that would be uh that would be best case scenario, and I think you know you, we saw Johansson when he got traded to to Boston not last year, the year before, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and and yeah, he did he did he did really well with them, but then he was you know he was part of a salary crunch and he had to be moved to 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 Buffalo, which you know is kind of a graveyard now for a lot of guys like yeah. uh, Johansson who you know have been good maybe in the past, but then have a hard time finding a role in Buffalo who just can't seem to figure it out after so long. Um, you know, a bit of a question off the, you know, off topic here maybe, but do you think, you know, if Buffalo has a bad season again, that uh, Jack Eichel seriously considers leaving asking for a trade? I mean, it's been in the rumor mill. Um, I've heard GMs have been calling the Buffalo Sabres, seeing what's going on with Jack Eichel and if he, he would be available at the right price. I don't think Buffalo obviously are interested in, in moving Eichel at this time. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they have another down year and, and Eichel is one year older, one, uh, not very close to making the playoffs. Yeah. If he doesn't ask for that, for that trade out of Buffalo, but I don't, I don't see, um, Buffalo wanting to move Eichel. Cause what, what return would be 
would be significant because he's a he's a top end talent in the league right now. For sure. I mean, I I don't even want to start thinking of returns right for a guy like that. But you know, if he wants to leave, I mean, you know, we don't we don't we 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 rarely see at least stars of that caliber really forced their way out of markets. That's not really the NHL the, like a hockey kind of thing. At least nowadays, it used to happen maybe a long time ago, but we don't see it as much nowadays. You see that in the NBA and stuff, but. You know, I, he's the kind of guy who he, he he's not afraid to voice his opinion. And if he's not he's not happy, I mean, he's obviously not happy. But if he wants out, um, you know, I think I think uh, Buffalo would have to would have to to do that for him. I don't know. It's weird, but we'll see. We'll see how they are. I, I don't. I'm not convinced that they're going to be much better. Uh, you know, next season, barring any big changes. But you know, that's yet to be seen, right? Um, I'm saying Riley wanted out of Buffalo. He won a cup. Bogosian yeah. won out of Buffalo, was bought out, won a cup. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe it's something. Uh, yeah, I think that. I think that's the that's the path. You got to go to Buffalo, not be happy, then ask to ask to be traded, to be bought out, and then join a contender, and you're good. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think the culture in Buffalo is just it's it's toxic right now. The fans and the management alike are like they they wiped house last year. They they fired yeah. uh, like all their all their yeah. scouts, all their yeah. coaches. Like it's just uh, it's it's not great. It sucked because I think when the Pugulas kind of took over, then it was a lot of optimism and that they're going to spend money. It's going to be a good team. They made all these promises and now it's like the complete opposite, right? Is that they're some, you know, one of the, the least liked um, uh, owners in the league. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see Buffalo turn around. Um, you know, it's been a while. They have, I mean, Buffalo is such a passionate hockey city. They're always at the top of like, you know, viewing charts and stuff. So it would be nice if they had a good team to, to, to keep up with that. I agree. Um, I agree. We'll move on to uh, free agency now because that's that's starting Friday, and that's always big for the NHL. And it's a weird one yeah. this year. Everything's weird about about sports, about the world this year. Um, but uh, free agency starts Friday, and there's some really there's some pretty big names on uh, on on a list here. I think most notably, you think of Taylor Hall, of Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug. Um, I mean, let's start with Hall now. There's been kind of some links, um, you know, with 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 Montreal. Do you how much do you buy into that? And if not Montreal, let's say, where do you think Hall could go if he doesn't stay in Arizona? Which I honestly don't think he will. No, no, he's done with Arizona. I heard they're actually shopping his his signing rights as yeah. we speak. So we'll see where that goes. I think he's done in Arizona. He's definitely hitting free agency on Friday. Is he linked to Montreal? As a fan, I hope so. I love yeah. that guy like Taylor Hall uh, yeah. putting up 30, 40 goals for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, at this point in time, he's, he's what, 28, 29 years old. Yeah. I think he wants to win. I think he for goes sure. to a team like Colorado, maybe mm-hmm. for one or two years. He's not, he's not opposed to a one or two year deal. Um, a team like Colorado that, that could take him in top six role on, on an offensive juggernaut team. Yeah, for sure. Um, as a Habs fan, I'd love to have Taylor Hall in Montreal, but what's, yeah. what's the asking price? I, I'm, am I ready to pay eight or $9 million for Taylor Hall? I don't know. Well, I don't, yeah, see, I don't know if that's, that's the, I mean, I think, I think any team could use a player like Taylor Hall, right? I, we, no one can kid themselves, but maybe there's bigger fish to fry for the, for the Canadians, uh, other, other, other parts of the roster to, um, to fill out and to address. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the thought of, of Taylor Hall going to the Avalanche is, is kind of scary. They have the cap space for him. Um, and it's weird, you know, to think of, uh, I think you look at the Avalanche and you think of, well, what a team, right? But what's crazy is that how much they had to rely on Nathan McKinnon and that first 
offensive line to produce for them in the playoffs. And I think what ultimately let them down was their depth a little, right? A team that you look at and think what, what depth they have, but that's kind of what let them down. So I think some, you know, it would almost be secondary scoring at this point, right? If you had Taylor Hall on that team, but that they could really use that. So that's a scary thought and they can accommodate it. So, uh, you know, I agree. Uh, the depth scoring for the, the avalanche in the playoffs was, was really not great. Um, yeah. they had, they heavily relied on their, their offensive guys in, in Lannis Cog and McKinnon and Rantanen and yeah. their depth guys in Tyson Jost and, and even, um, there's some other good guys on that team. I mean, they had, I mean, they had Nechuskin, well, we, I don't know who knows what, yeah. what he's up to, but, uh, yeah, Tyson Jost, they had Burkowski, they had Nemesnikov, who they had, a, they got at the trade deadline. Yeah, so, but, but what's interesting is they have, they do have a lot of guys that need to be re-signed or, you know, um, Tyson Jost is an RFA, uh, Burkowski is RFA, Nemesnikov is UFA, um, Matt Nieto is UFA, on defense, uh, Nikita Zadorov is RFA. So Ryan Graves is RFA as well. So they do have some guys to, you know, to, to re-sign. And I think you'll see most of those guys. I mean, I, I'd see Zadarov and Graves being re-signed. I think they both had good years, especially Graves has been, a, has been quite, quite, quite the breakout for them. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. But uh, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting match. And um, I think it's doable and it would be pretty scary to see, right? I mean, the Avalanche was such a fun team to watch, especially with McKinnon and adding a skater like Taylor yeah. Hall to a team that flies like that. Uh, I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly scary. Yeah, yeah. But it would be nice. It would be fun to see. So uh, Taylor Hall watch is definitely alive right now. Uh, the, the other big name is Alex Petrangelo. So captain of the St. Louis Blues brought them the cup last year. Uh, not this past year, the year before. Um, but you know, he's asking for a lot of money now and he's, um, he's 30, right? Yeah. 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 So he's 30 years old. So not on the right he's, side he's, of 30, he's right? turning 31, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people, obviously teams are, are a bit wary of that, right? Who, you know, you don't want to play, um, you know, defenseman, I mean, any player at this, at this stage, but you know, defensemen asking for that, that much money who I think at this point it's upwards of nine, if not eight and a half, like. I mean, that, there's a lot of teams who look at that and may, might say no thanks. I mean, obviously, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have been looking for, for the, a, a really good defensive defenseman for a while now. And, you know, obviously, Petrangelo's name is, 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 in the, is, the, is in the running for them. But is he going to leave St. Louis? I, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to, right? But he wants to get the bag, right? He wants his money. So Honestly, what, what happens here? Blues just can't afford him right now. They have, yeah. to, they have to get rid of some cap. With the flat cap this year and for the next three years um, – they got to move out some contracts. They have Bozak. They have Schwartz. They have these guys that are making over $5 million, four, four and a half, five million million. They got to move out some cap if they want to afford Petrangelo. And I don't think they've been able to, to do that. So I, I see him. Um, will he circle back to the St. Louis Blues? Uh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he wants to stay there. His family's been there. He's been there his whole career. He's won a cup with them. I'm yeah. sure he wants to stay. Uh, but at this point, they just don't have the cap space for him. So he's definitely going to weigh his options in free agency on Friday. Yeah, I, I agree. But you know what was weird about St. Louis is they made that 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 Justin Falk trade right this year. Yeah, and if I mean I think that was a big indication that they weren't super interested in keeping Petrangelo around. Or I thought I thought that was weird the timing of it and and you know whatever maybe I, I, it sounds like they might not have been on the same wavelength in terms of you know St. Louis and Petrangelo, but. Uh, you know, I think I think if they did want to keep Petrangelo, that that Falk trade hamstr- is kind of a hamstr- like hamstrung them. No, like 
Because he's making significant money too. They had to resign yeah, him. Yes. When they um, when they traded for him. I don't know. I thought their right side was pretty strong already with uh, Pichangelo and Pareko. I don't know why they added a guy like Falk. Yeah. Uh, and gave him big money. He, they gave him a long-term contract too, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, he signed until 2026, 2027 at 6.5 a year. That's 28. He was a solid – he is. He still is a solid defenseman. Was he a fit in, in St. Louis? I don't know. He had, he had 16 points in 69 games, and yeah. he's a guy that should be putting up offensive numbers for them. So, I don't know. Bit of a question mark there for sure. Yeah, and Pareko did not have the best year last year. Uh, after you know, after a pretty solid run to the Cup, I think last season was a bit of a down, uh, some a downturn for him. Um, and they have to re-sign Vince Dunn, who is RFA this uh, this off season. Yeah, yeah that's so true. I don't know. It's a, they're they're in a weird spot. I think they had a disappointing uh, playoffs. Um, so yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Petrangelo watch is is alive as well and. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I, I, I can't think of too many, you know, too many spots that can accommodate him right now. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Toronto is definitely one of them. I know, I know they, they must be yeah, doing Toronto's everything they can yeah. to, to do, you know, they already, they already traded uh Kapanen out of there, freed some cast space in that, but they'll have to do a lot more, uh, you know, to, to yeah. get, to get his, uh, to, to get his rights basically. Yeah, I've heard uh, a couple of teams with a lot of cap space, like New Jersey, have been uh, kind of sniffing around Pichangelo, but I there's no there's no like team that really stands out at this point, just because he's he's gonna cost them uh, so much cap, and cap yeah. is hard to come by, especially days, with the so. flat cap when it, it not growing, right? So yeah, future exactly. is so uncertain. So you know, not many teams want to take that kind of gamble on that kind of player, and he's he's you know he's amongst the best defensemen in the league at this point. There's no there's no doubt about it, but for how long, you know, who knows? For sure. Um, uh, another big, big name and um, stuff, you know, we've heard, we've heard a lot of rumbles about, especially when, when it's in the market like Boston, right? Such a big market in the NHL and in sports in general. Tori Krug, um, you know, I think, I think a fan favorite, right? I think everyone in Boston loves Tori Krug and, <laughs> and um, you know, would kneel at, at, at his feet. Uh, but this is a guy who's betting on himself now who wants his big contract after kind of taking some team-friendly deals, you know, since he's been in Boston, which is a while now. He's 28. Um, is, is, is he staying in Boston or is, this, uh, is, is he moving? So like you said, he's been uh, taking these short-term deals uh, at a lower cap hit just to accommodate the, the Bruins. Uh, he wants to win. He wants to win. And, and uh, He's definitely going to hit the free agent market. I don't think he comes back to Boston. He's going to, he's going to demand uh, probably a six or seven year contract. He's betting on himself. He thinks he's, mm. he's good enough. He's earned it. He's, his offensive numbers speak for themselves. He's been, yeah. he's been a great defenseman for, uh, for Boston. So I see him hitting the free agent market. I, I heard teams like Detroit are very interested. Another yeah. team with lots of cap space. For sure. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't think, um, I don't think crew comes back. And, and honestly, the, I've I've heard rumors of Boston actually trying to get out uh, OEL, yeah, Ekman Larson. So yeah, they're already trying to replace Krug. So uh, honestly, uh, I I don't think he I think he's done in Boston. So with with Krug, is he reliable as a first like your number one defenseman? Let's say if he goes so. to to Detroit, which I where where I think he would become that first D. Do you think that that's that he he can play that role? Yeah, I think so. I think he's a top uh, pairing defenseman. He's he's a great two-way guy. Puts up solid offensive numbers. Um, 
he may have to play with a more sound defensively uh, defensive defenseman on his line, yeah. but I, I, I don't see why not. He, he can play uh, at, his t- at his top pairing defenseman on most teams. You mentioned the, uh, the long-term contract for him, which you would be seeking. Uh, I, think, I think that's one of those contracts that can work um, you know, for both parties because I, I see this, this guy being able to play for a while, right? His skating ability, his size, right? He, 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 this is the kind of guy you could see in the league for a while and being good in the league for a while. Yeah, so, um, yeah. That, that, definitely, he's that, definitely in his prime right now. So yeah, that, I think I think that would be that would be a, a, a safe safe-ish bet, you know, considering everything goes well. Um, so Krug would be interesting to see. It's tough that you know he doesn't go back to Boston. I think that's something you know you always attribute Krug Krug to Boston, and it'll be weird seeing him in a different jersey. But you know these guys have to get paid, right? And and I understand where he's coming from. Um, and yes, you mentioned OEL. Now that's a really interesting. Um, you know, a situation as well. So sounds like he wants out of Arizona. He's made it clear where he wants to go. It's either Boston or Vancouver. Uh, and his, his agent, uh, he and his agent have given uh, Arizona until Friday to figure out uh, a, a trade, a deal basically to either of those teams. Otherwise he stays, which is a kind of a weird stalemate, but do you see, do you see a OEL trade possible? He's making 8.2 million now for a while. He's on a long-term deal. Uh, does he is he able to go to any of those teams? Can any of those teams accommodate him? Um, so what I've been hearing actually is, uh, well, so OEL has a full uh, no move clause, so he gets to yeah. choose what teams he wants to go to, and he's he's limited his teams to Boston and Vancouver for whatever reason, yeah. um, and he hasn't been willing to budge on that. So and and like you said, he he's given the Arizona Coyotes an ultimatum till Friday to trade him or he's staying. Um, and from what I've heard, there's a there's a there's a uh, offer on the table from Vancouver. We'll see if uh, if if Arizona bites that bites on that. Um, yeah. But I, I have been hearing a three way trade, and where one team would get a sweetener, and would would like a team like Detroit, let's say, would get a sweetener, like a second round pick for um, eating up maybe 30 percent uh, of his cap, mm. so that Boston that'd be or- that'd be big. Yeah, so that Boston or Vancouver could uh, take on that that big cap hit. Yeah. Um. So it's crazy to think that OEL, the captain of the Arizona Coyotes, could get moved by this Friday, but it, it it's to me at this point it seems unlikely. You, so you don't see him getting getting moved then? I don't think so. It's hmm. there's too many strings to to pull, and and it would take. It's tough for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the draft already passed, but neither Boston or. Um, Vancouver had a first round pa- first round pick, pick this year, yeah, which, which sure. really didn't help. So, mm-hmm. so an e- OEL trade would be would be hard to come by, I think. So, I, I think he stays for one more year at least. If, if Vancouver somehow does pull off a trade for OEL, they have um, Chris Tanev up now. He's UFA. He's thirty years old. Would that mean basically yeah. him his day? You know, the end of his days in in Vancouver. So. From what I'm hearing, he, they they're very interested in, in keeping Tanev. They want to okay. keep him. He's been a solid guy for them. A solid uh, two-way defenseman. Yeah. Um. Yes, OEL could step in and take on that role, and they definitely let him walk if that did happen. But they don't even have enough cap space to resign to Foley. So they're another sure, team that sure. that are really struggling with cap. This flat cap has really has really yeah. messed up a, a bunch of teams because they've been let's say they sign a one of their big players for long term and then expecting the cap to go up. And here they are stuck at a flat cap. So 
it makes uh, trades like these difficult. It makes uh, that's why that the the free agency pool this year is is filled with high end talent, and we're yeah. seeing more and more teams buy out contracts just because they just can't afford it. So it's right. a crazy year. This this COVID nineteen has really uh, yeah for sure. Looking at um, looking at Vancouver's salary situation now on on cap friendly, uh, the best tool ever, by the way. Um, yeah, t- uh, Vancouver's in a in a tough spot. They have a lot of guys. I think they'd like to resign. You know, Jake Vertanen is RFA, and you know who knows what what kind of player Jake Vertanen ends up becoming. He's twenty four now. He's not, you know, he's not really a prospect anymore. Now, you know, he's he's a, he's been in the league for a little while, and we have yet to see him break out. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is UFA, as you mentioned. Uh, that's the player. That's a player I wouldn't mind maybe seeing the Habs um, target. He's twenty eight though. Uh, he wasn't having a bad year last year with, with LA and, to, and then he got traded to Vancouver and, uh, you know, the pause kind of screwed things up for everybody. Right. But, uh, I think he's an interesting name. Uh, Tyler Mott is RFA. He's been good with, with Vancouver. I, I'm sure they'd like to resign him. Adam Gaudet is RFA as well. He has Arbrights. Um, Chris Tanev, as I mentioned, Troy Stetcher is RFA, uh, and Jacob Markstrom, their starting goalie who, who has been good for the last few years has been a revelation, um, is UFA as well. So they have a lot on their plate now. Uh, obviously, Thatcher Demko, we saw him come up come up in those playoffs and those big games he had. Uh, is he ready for that number one spot, though? Um, from what I've been hearing, I think Markstrom will hit the free agent market on Friday. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the Vancouver Canucks are very interested in bringing him back. He's been there. He's been a solid starter for, the, for at least for the past two seasons. Yeah. But I-, I feel like they do envision Demko taking on that starter role. Yeah. if not next season in, in a few years yeah um he's already 24 so yeah he's you know, 24 yeah, it's about he time. showed what he, he 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 stole the show for for vancouver against that in that biggest series so for he, sure. he's capable of being a sturdy goaltender in the league um but i know they they want to keep they can want to keep markstrom it's just he because he had a, such a good season and career career highs um he he will demand a little more a little more money so yeah. Yeah, so I feel like he'll definitely see what it, what his options are in free agency if teams really going to maybe overpay a bit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I see the Vancouver Canucks really taking a run at, at keeping Markstrom. So, um, you know, going into Friday now, obviously there's going to be a lot of a lot of UFA deals. And, uh, you know, in the past few years, I guess less and less, but we've definitely seen some years where there were some terrible deals and they're still being felt by a lot of teams now. Most notably, you think of 2016 with um, Milan Lucic and David Backes and all them. Um, do you see anyone from the top free agents, you know, maybe being overpaid and it, it, you know, it being, you know, showing up sooner rather than later? Honestly, I see like a guy like Braden Holpe uh, getting big money in free agency. Um, he is still in his prime. He's, he's a cup winning goalie. He's been a star in the league for, for half a decade at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I see teams throwing money his way. And he, will he be able to put up the numbers he did in, in Washington? I don't know. A team like Calgary might take, take a bite at, at trying to get Holby in their lineup. I see him being a t- type of player that's going to get overpaid this season, this offseason. Yeah, and funny, you know, I mentioned Tyler Toffoli being a, a, an interesting target maybe for the Habs, but I feel like that's the kind of player too who, who might, uh, you know, could end up being overpaid, right, if he's not able to produce at the level that – is expected of him that, you know, he's shown he can, but, you know, we've also seen him kind of tail off sometimes. His current or the last cap hit now for the last season was 4.6 million. I think he's going to be looking for a, for a, a, a bit of an upgrade, uh, but how much, I don't know. And, and 
you know, that that's that's a player with with a question mark. He's he's turning twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Like I don't know. You know that that's one of those weird ones, right? Where you want to take a chance on a guy who you think could be good, but is 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 he the prototypical player in in today's NHL? Where you know with the speed and everything, I'm not. I don't know, right? So yeah, uh, uh, is definitely solid. Um, I don't know where he fits on the Habs. I yeah. feel like our left side is pretty strong with mm-hmm. uh, Tatar on the top line. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to have him for sure. He's a great player, capable yeah. of 45, 50 points. He was great with Vancouver. He was a point of game, if I'm not mistaken, in the regular mm-hmm. season with, when he was with them. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I'll exactly. see what Bergen Ray has up his sleeve. Yeah. And um, is, there any, is there any player you're looking at that you think could be a sneaky good uh, free agent pickup for, for a team? Uh, good question. Um, I, I, I was thinking, you know, I, I see, I see Sammy Vatanen who didn't really get to play too much last year after being traded from the devils to Carolina because he was injured and then COVID hit the stoppage. He came back and he did well for the hurricanes in his limited time there. You know, I, I was always confused when he did get traded from, uh, from Anaheim in the first place. I've always kind of liked this guy and how, how, how he's able to carry the puck and skate and his offensive output too. I feel like, you know, I don't know how much money he's going to command now. He was making four point eight million, but I feel like this this signing could be good. You know, sneaky good for a team that's looking for a bit of a boost and some speed on the back end. I agree. Vanden's a solid uh, puck moving defenseman. Didn't get too much time. Yeah. In um in Carolina, uh, he was yeah. injured. So, and they were they were just uh, loaded on defense in the in the playoffs. So he didn't get too much ice time with them. Um, yeah, solid solid guy. I don't think he'll demand too much money. Yeah, so that, that could be a great sneaky pick. Uh, yeah. Just looking at free agents here, I heard some ties to um, Montreal to Wayne Simmons. That could be a that could be a nice pickup for us. Uh, yeah. That guy on the on the right hand, he's a he's a big body, throws the body around, could put up some points for us. Um, that could be a nice pick, maybe one one million two to two million dollar deal mm-hmm. for a few years. So, yeah, I'm thinking Simmons. Uh, no, Simmons Simmons not a bad shout. I think I think though. Simmons is the kind of player that Toronto's been looking for for so long, right? Or and they kind of, you know, kind of got in Kyle Clifford last year, but I think yeah. you know uh, Simmons is from Toronto as well. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's something we we see uh, a match we end up seeing. I'm not like I, I've I've always loved Wayne Simmons as a player as a person. Uh, I think now that he's older though, and he's maybe not the fleetest of foot. I'm not crazy about seeing that kind of player. Maybe in the in in the bottom in the bottom six of the uh, the Habs forward core because I like to see more speed there than anything. And yeah, obviously you know the the physicality is is kind of needed. But you know you see we we just acquired a player like Josh Anderson who who has a bit of both, right? That's what you you'd like to see ideally. Like big bodies, sure, but you know the league is a skating league now, and have the Habs are one of the better the better skating teams, especially at five on five in this league. So. You know, I'd like to I'd like to see that trend continue because that's one thing that they always have for them have going for them, right? Yeah, I agree with you. But honestly, he's in his early 30s, right? Um, still a great skater. He's a big body. Mm-hmm. Um, if he plays with a guy like Evans, a smaller guy, um, yeah. he could be that enforcer type role. And for one million dollars, there's nothing. There's not too much to lose there. So it's true. I've heard ties to Simmons. I, I do see where you're coming from with Toronto. I know I know Toronto's definitely looking for a guy with a bit of grit and some scoring yeah. touch. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't be opposed to a guy like in Montreal. He could be he'd be a great veteran presence. He's still a great skater, big body. Um, 
could put up uh, maybe 20, 30 points on the third, fourth line. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that would be a sneaky pick for any team, if, if, if not Montreal. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it would be hard to argue against that kind of pick. I, I, think, I think he's the kind of player who never really got his big payday, right? Because this contract situation with Philly, he, he was in a long-term contract, not huge, huge money. And then by the time that was done, you know, he was, he was not the same player anymore, right? The, the teams were not, were not willing to give him that kind of money. And, and I don't think he's going to be making huge money now, but you know, that's fine. And that's the role he's in. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure he accepts that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where Wayne Simmons goes. Um, so let's move on to some Habs talk. Now let's uh, focus on, on the Habs and what they've been doing. So Bergeron has been pretty busy this off season, ever since uh, the Habs were eliminated uh, in the playoffs by the Flyers. Um, so he traded, uh, he traded for, for Jake Allen, the uh, backup goalie from St. Louis, to fill that backup role with the Habs, um, which, I, which I honestly thought was, was, was a good deal, right? A lot of people are looking at how much money Jake Allen's making and, uh, you know, asking why, why is a backup making so much money and, and so on. But, you know, I honestly think it's a good shout now that backup role is solidified. Uh, Jake Allen actually had better stats than Jordan Bennington last year in, in, the, in, the, in the regular season. Obviously, didn't play as many games. So he's not necessarily washed up by any means, right? This is a guy who can still come in and, and, and make a difference. Yeah. So the way I look at this is, one, Jake Allen has a great year. He has, he's a UFA in one year. So yeah. he has a great year. He demands too much money. We let him walk. We got Kane Primo coming up the pipeline. I think one year in the AHL, we'll, he'll be NHL ready next year. Um, if we don't like how he performs, we, we move Allen at that trade deadline. I'm sure there'll be some takers. We hold maybe half his cap, whatever. I'm not worried about, I think this was a no brainer deal by Bergeron. We could have maybe, um, seeked some goaltending help in free agency, but with all the great goaltending, pro, um, people, uh, players yeah, available. In free sure. agency. Yeah. But honestly, like for what we gave up, I think a fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken, I'm really it was, not uh, it was a, th- a third round pick in this year, a third round pick in this year's draft and a seventh round pick in this year's draft. And we got a okay. seventh round pick in 2022 back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, that's to me, Jake Allen could be a solid backup for Carey Price. Maybe play 30, 30 games, give mm-hmm. Carey Price a little bit of a break. Carey Price has been playing so many games this guy yeah <laughs> for sure it's been crazy. Him. yeah yeah we haven't had a solid backup in a long time yeah yeah uh, so i i like this jake allen deal for sure and i think the important part too is that this he only has that one year left on his deal right so it's 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 a he's he's basically acting as a buffer now for this year i don't necessarily see him coming obviously who knows what happens right but i don't necessarily see him coming back after this year just it's it's kind of giving that time for primo to develop more to then end up stepping into that role i think um, you know, we've been really waiting for those young goalies. You know, the Habs have been have had a, a wealth of, of of young goaltending prospects. And now, not you know, all, not all of them have worked out, but we're still you know we're still banking on on the likes of Primo, who I think I think could be really good, right? So this is a bit of a buffer now while he's still ready, while he does get some time in the AHL, and then um, you know hopefully be ready in a year or so. So yeah, I, 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 I was happy with the straight. I, I really, I'm, I'm very happy with the straight too. Yeah. The Habs have money to spend, you know, taking on these kind of contracts, not the end of the world. Right. Um, and plus he's gone in a year. So, you know, or that, 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 that contract is off your books and there's no way he makes that kind of money afterwards if he doesn't end up resigning. 
Uh, also, there's some draft protect. Uh, there's some uh, expansion draft protection uh, things in, in, with this too, right? So that's important. I'm sure you know we have to think that GMs are looking to that as well, right? We might not be as fans looking at these deals now, but there's a whole expansion draft coming, and we see it. We saw how last time basically Vegas fleeced every team in the league. You know, GMs are going to be on their toes about that this time around. So it's going to be a lot more preparation and a lot more thought going into that, especially with the flat cap and you know, not being able to throw around money um, so loosely, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Um, a lot of teams that have that were banking on having a solid one-two goaltending tandem are may have the possibility of losing one in the expansion draft. So, yeah. and even a team like Carolina that has a, a plethora of um, of defensemen, like a guy like Jake Bean or something like that, could be mm-hmm. available for Seattle. Yeah. So. That's that's a great point. I, yeah. I really like that point. Um, For sure. There's so many there's so many players that will be left exposed to Seattle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, well, I think yeah. I think the Habs, you know, came off okay, right, in that expansion draft. But you think of some other teams who gave up players so that some of their players weren't picked, and then those players end up breaking out and becoming stars or really really good players, right? Like some insane stuff. So. Marcia uh, So and Riley from Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's literally their top six. So yeah, yeah. And how they were amazing in their play in their in their run to the finals the the first year. Yeah. Riley Smith was was insane last year. So yeah. you know that's even a guy like William Carlson really stepped up his game. He was he was that, basically nobody in Columbus. Yeah, stepped yeah. up, put up forty over forty yeah. goals in his first year. So yeah, hasn't been that same forty goal scorer, but I mean, still right, like a great player. And he, but that's yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing you see, right? Is the players that are there are are are, are supposed to be good. They're given that, that bigger role and they really blossom into it. And that's really what made Vegas. Right. And, and I think you still see it now, now in terms of, you know, roster, it's a juggernaut, right. You look at some of the names on that team and how they're still able to add. Right. So it's pretty crazy, but um, yeah, that, that expansion draft will be interesting and we'll see how all these teams are going to prepare for it because it'll be very different from the first run. I, I think. Yeah. Um, for trades also uh, Habs acquired Joel Edmondson from, uh, from Carolina for a 2020 fifth round pick Joel Edmondson who won the uh the cup with St. Louis uh, not last year but the year before was traded to Carolina at the deadline uh did play with them on a pretty loaded back end right I mean Carolina's defense is crazy all the names they had there um but I think this is a good trade this is another big body now um I guess not not you know not the won't be the best skater right but add some uh, uh uh like a solid presence now to that to that top four where we don't necessarily have to worry about it as much as we were before. I mean, left, left, uh, left-handed shot. So um, this is the basically play behind Sherrod, right? A kind of player who might be able to play with, with, with Jeff Petrie because we're always looking for that guy who can play with Petrie. And I, I always liked what Kulak was able to bring, but I don't think management thought he was necessarily reliable or consistent enough to really fill in that role full-time. So I, 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 I like this, this trade, and then he, he had to be signed. So the Habs signed him to... Was it a four? Yeah, four-year deal at four, 14 million total. So that's 3.5 cap hit uh, annual annual average value. Uh, so I think this is a good deal too. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's definitely a trend with Bergevin's recent trades. We're just trying to add some size to our roster. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always been a small, small but skilled team, and and I guess we're not hard enough to play against. So when you're adding these big bodies, you're you're making the Habs a grittier. Uh, a harder team to play against. And that's, I think that's what Bergevin is trying to do. I like Edmondson, the advanced stats community, maybe um, try to fault him for his, some defensive mistakes he's been making, but 
I like him. If he plays with a guy like Petrie, I think that could be a, a, a solid top four tandem with uh, Sherrod and, and Weber. And I, I think with adding Romanoff there, you're really, you're really getting some, some big uh, puck moving defensemen. And I, I'm excited to see what Montreal could do with that, with that top six. This gives some, this is some, uh, a bit of, I guess, leeway to, you know, the likes of Alexander Romanov, if he does end up stepping into the, to the lineup next year, which I, which I see him doing, you know, that he's not put into those big roles, big minutes right away, right. That he can, you know, um, you know, be a bit, I guess, a bit sheltered. Right. I, I think, I think by next year, he'll be NHL ready. I don't know if it, it's top, uh, you know, top four NHL ready, but um but it's good because now he, you know, he there's I guess less pressure on, on him, right? On that kind of uh, that kind of player. Even with uh, Victor Mete, who's an RFA now, uh, who has to be signed, which I think I think they'll sign him not to not to crazy money. But um, you know, we've seen that as as great as he was when he first stepped in. I think uh, he's dropped off a little in terms of at least the influence or the hype around him. Uh, there are some lapses in his game. I think he's probably the best skater on this back end, no doubt. Um, but you know, there's, he, he, he isn't maybe as good defensively as we'd hope, doesn't provide enough offense for the kind of player who you think he is. So, um, yeah, I think th- these reinforcements were really necessary. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd love to see Romanov play next year. I'd love to see Kale Fleury jump in the lineup, play a few yeah. games next year. We have some young guys that I'd love to see. Am I, I'm not as excited about Victor Mante anymore. Um, yeah especially last season he had a tough season a lot of defensive mistakes he has a glaring uh defensive like defensively he's been he's been very inconsistent so yeah. i am a little worried about that i think he's it's hard to say he's 20 what 21 22 he could he yeah. still has room to develop but i i don't see him really jumping up to that to top four role for montreal um yeah but we'll see i i see him we're, we're definitely gonna resign him not to a huge I, for sure player. yeah exactly he won't be making too much money but i mean i you know it's hard not to like him right but i think um you know we were really hype about him when he first came up but i think that's really dwindled now um since you know we've seen the the lapses in his game and whether that's because of of his size or you know what he does focus on when he's on the ice which is puck moving you know his speed is able to uh, the ability to create space but as a net front presence either fighting for the puck in the corners whatever it might be it's really not a strength um, the Habs also bought out Carl Osner. Now, this is something we've kind of been expecting for a while, but it was always, uh, you know, a bit weird for the Habs because, um, at, at least for the next season now, he'll count as, as, uh, you know, almost four million on the cap, right? Even with the buyout. So, you know, obviously that's the kind of situation you wanna you wanna avoid, right? A guy that's counting your on your cap, but that you're not that's not actually paying playing for you. But I think it's the kind of thing that had to happen to create cap space for the years after, because after this season, it's only two million. After that, it's less than one million for the next two years after. So it's unfortunate to see. I think Carl Osner was a good trooper and a, and, and, and a good guy, despite not never really living up to what was expected of him in terms of playing. Um, but yeah, that's something I think we've we've been expecting for a while, right? Yeah. So I think with his buyout, uh, Bergeron is definitely planning ahead here. He's trying, yeah. he's, he's, he's cooping, uh, recouping almost $2 million in cap in 2021, 2022. Yeah. And that's when your big guys are avail- uh, going to be UFA. So you got sure. Daniel, you got uh, Gallagher, you got, um, well, Jeff Petrie just got his, his pay raise, but you got some, mm-hmm. you got some big names. Uh, T- Thomas Tatar is going to be UFA as well. So yeah. I think this buyout was a long, t- uh, long time coming for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that this buyout was, 
done when it was done because we have these big UFA names and we're trying to recoup any cap, any cap space we can. For sure. And uh, Jeff Petrie also was recently signed to an extension. Uh, he'll be making, uh, well, after, so this, this coming year, he, he still signed from his previous deal, which was 5.5 million a year. After that, he'll be making 6.2 until uh, 2024, 2025. So he's 32 now. I guess he's on the back nine of, of his career, but considering his influence on his team, his production and the kind of player he is a right shot defenseman, a really reliable one. I think it's a really great deal. And a lot of people, I think, especially that maybe aren't, don't follow the Montreal market so closely looked at this and thought, wow, that's a lot of money to give a 32 year old defenseman. I think, I think it's a no brainer. And I think he probably could have commanded more on the open market. I like this deal. I think Jeff Petrie has been our most sound offensive defenseman for the past three years, over 40 points in each season. So yeah. He's he's an amazing skater. His his hockey IQ is off the charts. His yeah. his first uh, his first pass is always crisp. Um, I I like a guy like that. And like you said on the on the open market, he he definitely make more money. So yeah. I think Montreal, we've got ourselves a a reliable top four defenseman for years to come. And and I love this deal. I think it's it's yeah. what is it? If maybe a million more than what he's making right now. If, if yeah, if, and not even not even so, a million more. So not even a million more than he's making yeah. right now. So yeah. I honestly I love this deal. I think yeah. he's going to be solid for us. It's well into his mid to late thirties. So yeah, I that's like, the, he's the kind of player, you know, like Krug and he's a little bit bigger than Krug, but he doesn't play that super physical style where he, you know, the, the demand on his body is maybe not as much. And I mean, he skates like the wind. He, he might as well be, you know, 20, right. The way he skates, it's insane. So, uh, and I, I'd argue that he's been the most reliable defenseman on this team, you know, even with Shea Weber and how good Weber has been at certain times, I think, the package that Jeff Petrie offers is more suited to today's game. And if I have to choose between who's logging more minutes in a meaningful game, I'm going with Jeff Petrie on that right side, right? Cause they play the same side. They can't really play together. I, I, I put my money on Jeff Petrie. And how clutch has this guy been in overtime this uh, year? It was crazy. Oh I mean, he, he always seems to be getting the goals in overtime with the big goals, the way he jumps up onto the rush and he has a sneaky good shot. I mean, we saw that shot that beat, that beat Jerry. Uh, no, for that overtime, he's a huge goal. part of this team for sure, for sure. and I'm happy yeah. we locked him up. Yeah. Um, so for FA target uh, for uh, for free agency targets for the Habs, I mean it's a bit it's a bit tough to tell. I think I think Bergevin likes to improve this squad mostly through uh, trades. I think for free agency, it's been kind of hit or miss for him. Um, but one thing that one name that stands out, and I, I think that I kind of forgotten it almost, uh, but um, Kovalchuk who the Habs had this past year, who then traded at the deadline, who's, uh, who is a UFA now, uh, always talked about, you know, coming back. And I think the Habs will welcome him, obviously at a reasonable price, right? His, his production at first was great and it was so exciting. He kind of dwindled after that and with Washington did not have much of an influence. But I mean, that's the kind of guy who, who I wouldn't mind seeing back in, in Montreal, right? It's yeah, not the so biggest that, name, that, but uh, yeah, that Kovalchuk signing definitely revitalized Montreal. He's an exciting player to watch. He's a he's yeah. a fan favorite. Like he's a great locker room guy. Team guys love him in the locker room. Yeah, for sure. Um, his offensive production did did dwindle. Yeah. Um, am I? Am I ready to? I mean, I'd be interested maybe in in giving him like a a league minimum deal, maybe seven hundred k. Yeah. Um, but I would be afraid that I, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm taking away from a young guy that could get a, a bottom, like an yeah. Evans or, mm-hmm. or a vegetable or something like that, that could take a, a bottom line, a bottom minutes for a young yeah. guy. And, and you're, you're, you're removing that with a, with an older guy. So 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, obviously, for when it comes to free agents, I think I'd love to see Taylor Hall in the Habs uniform. Whether that happens or not, I, I really don't think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. It's it's tough to tell. I mentioned Tara to Foley, but you know, on that left side, you know, we're we're kind of kind of full. Um, right wing two now is, is is filling up too, and I don't know if if maybe he necessarily fits the mold and in, in what we're looking for. I think we can definitely use some more scoring, but I don't know. I think this is a team that is most likely going to be bolstered by by trades, right? And and whether there are you know significantly obvious trade targets at the moment i i can't tell you I, I you know i don't know i think i think that josh anderson thing has always been you know lurking we've always thought about that we've always been talking about it. and then it finally happens at the expense of max domi who was a fan favorite in montreal as well he was one of my favorite players it sucks to see him go but i understand why you know and uh especially coming off that playoffs performance where you know maybe it wasn't his fault whatever but it just he was just was not there right when we expected him to be yeah, I think another guy that I've seen tied to Montreal is Hoffman. Um, Mike Hoffman from Florida. Um, listen, we have a tough time uh, attracting free agents. Uh, Montreal has always had a tough time uh, building through the free agent market. We always build through the draft or, or trade for players. But I love to give, give, a, give an offer to, to Mike Hoffman. He's a great guy, puts up 25, 30 goals a season. He's in his late 20s, early 30s. So he's 30, yeah. He's 30, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a guy like that, I'd love to see Montreal kind of pursue that. Um, mm-hmm. He'd be a great fit. But listen, now that we have um, Anderson on, on our right side and Gallagher, that's our top six right there. So I don't know. I think Montreal is in a good place. We've made some, some key deals over the, over the past few weeks, and, and I'm liking where our team's headed. Yeah, I think, I think what Montreal lacks – is like a clear, you know, I guess like real, real first line players because we have a first line and one of the better first lines in the league statistically, I mean, analytically too. But, you know, it's it's uh, Phil Deneau, Brendan Gallagher, Thomas Tatar, you know, on, on a content, let's say you put those guys on the lightning, they're not on the first line, right? So those guys are, are I, I'd say at best second line, uh, you know, second line players as a unit, they're one of the best. But, you know, when you think of, what this team really, really needs in terms of offensive power, power, it's, it's first line players. And I think we're, 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 we, we, we hope that Suzuki turns into that. And from the looks of it is on his way to, to getting there. Um, I think the only guy through FA that you can add that's like that is Taylor Hall. And that's not, you know, the most conceivable of, of options. So I think, you know, it, it's, it's hard, right? You can't just go up, you know, pick up and, and trade for a, for a first line offensive score or, 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 you know, guy gets points, right? Hoffman's not a bad shout at 30 years old. You know, it's a bit, uh, it's, it's tough to look at. He was making just over 5 million a year. I don't know if he looks for more than that. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable giving him more than that. Also, if you were, I, you know, I hope if you were to play for the Habs, they didn't talk shit about other, other players' wives. Um, yeah, whole controversy. <laughs> what? That was funny, that whole controversy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe he does. I mean, who knows if he resigns at the Panthers, right? Because uh, Dale Town was fired and uh, they have a new GM. So who knows what he's looking at? But um, I, thought, I thought Hoffman was going to get traded at the deadline. That seemed like a pretty obvious thing. Obviously, they ended up sneaking into the playoffs because of the expanded rules. And he yeah. did well against the Islanders. Uh, the rest of the team didn't. So I don't know. I mean, he he still brings some value for sure. He's got one of the better shots in the league, and on the power play, this is the guy kind of guy who can get goals. And 
and he can move well. You know, he's, he, he's 30 years old, but he's not a guy you worry about being 30 years old, right? So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, like you, just to go back to that point you said about the star. Yeah, Montreal hasn't had a star. Carey Price is our star, but he can't score goals. So no, exactly. We haven't had a bona fide top line forward in since like the seventies, where Gila Fleur was. (laughs) Honestly, you're Uh, right. We don't have that guy. Um, I heard some rumors about Line A, but what Mm. is the price too high? What are we giving up? Are we giving up future assets? Um, like I, I saw, I saw the price for Line A, and like I scoff because like i mean his goal numbers especially through his first two years were ridiculous right like you don't see that but is line a anything more than than a sniper like does he contribute anything else other than goals so if you're getting a guy like line a you want him to score goals if, he, right. if that's all he does you want him he's that's he's fine a yeah. Ovechkin type you don't need a guy like that to be play defense if we put him on a line with let's say gallagher tatar something like that guys that are, have a great two-way game, if Line isn't uh, back-checking or forechecking and, and he scores a goal, that's what you need him. So a guy like that that puts up 40 goals, but that's all they do, like you, you, you can't argue with the... But how, many, how many players are there like that in the league now? Because we once t- said that about Ovechkin, but that's completely different now. Now he contributes all facets of play. He's a, just a machine out there, and he still puts up those numbers. Uh, this year, Pasternak uh, had 48 as well. Uh, that's a pretty complete offensive player, I'd say. Um, yeah. Who else do we have? I mean, Stamkos, when he's healthy, which he hasn't really been for a while, he can put up huge goal numbers. And he's 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 a reliable player. I mean, he's a center. So, um, I don't know, man. I think the best scorers in the league now are able to offer, be useful in a lot of, um, you know, other ways. And I think Line is a weird, like, outlier in terms of, like, all we've seen from him is just he can rip it, he can score, and his scoring yeah. ability is insane. But like that's you know i looked at the price that the supposed price asking price for him and i was like that's a lot i mean obviously he's still young that's like a lot to ask for a guy who for like the the jet he's what 22 he's he's had how many how many 40 goal seasons under his belt two or three i think two last year you put up 30 no last year you put up just under 30 i think 28 and the jets have been trying to trade him for two years like does that not say a lot about this guy i mean we've heard about the the slight attitude issues whatever but i don't know man i like i think you don't you don't want to trade that kind of player and the fact that they do on a team that you know is not they're not winning cups or anything right they they can't they're they're not at 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 in the luxury where they're like oh yeah we, this guy doesn't fit our cap we should move him that's that's a Tampa Bay issue that's not a Winnipeg Jets issue and yeah they have to focus on their D because it was abysmal last year but i mean Neil Pionk was a nice surprise though Pionk was great, yeah, but you know, you 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 want you want guys to for for a team that 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 had a lot of a lot of good defensemen, all of a sudden they found themselves with like none basically or like Morrissey, you know. So I don't so, know. There's to me, there's two question marks for Line. One, he wants to play on a line with Shifley, and the, the Winnipeg Jets aren't aren't willing to do that. So he's he's a little frustrated in that regard. And two, they haven't been able to give this guy a long term deal. This guy is going to be an RFA next year with Arborites. Ar- um, yeah. Is he going to command eight or nine million dollars for a team that just can't afford him? So that's where the question mark lies for Winnipeg. Um, they have they've been having trouble uh, signing this guy long term. And what is the price for this guy? Like you said, if all he does is score goals, then it's tough to really pinpoint a price for a guy like that. And also. 
their non-willingness to play him on a line with Shifley, which which was he he publicly said is is an issue. Like he mm-hmm. hasn't he wants to play with Shifley. So yeah. Winnipeg, uh, I think they want to move this guy because it, it's just not working out with management, and there's definitely some some butting head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, and yeah, that that's a tough player to move because, you know, everyone's like, ooh, Line, but then. You know the asking price, and is he gonna fit our team? And how, what, where do we see him playing? And I mean, there's a lot of stuff to think about when it comes to him. It's just not, you know, it's not as simple as this guy is able to put forty, put up forty goals like any season, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, for sure. I mean, how fun would it be to have Line on your power, on your first power play unit? Yeah, um, no, he's nasty on the power play. He's really yeah. good. He's I a just. Pure I just got a notification that uh, the Oilers signed uh, Jesse Pugliarvi to a two-year contract. Uh, the terms oh, of the deal were not disclosed, so I don't know how much money it'll be for. But that's big. I mean, he had a good he had a good season just in Finland. Resigned Domi too. Oh yeah. Yeah, two years, uh, ten million dollars, just under ten million. So two years, two years is interesting. Yeah. And under ten. Wow. Okay. So that's not much more than he was making with the Habs. Let's see um yeah so yeah two years approximately 10 million dollars so okay interesting they're another bridge deal to prove it basically yeah which which is fine i'm surprised that you know he would i guess agree to that kind of thing but you know yeah so with the habs he was making three three point one just so just over three so i guess i guess this is a bit of an upgrade but you know i i as the if i were the blue jackets i'd be comfortable paying that for him yeah um So we'll see what kind of deal Anderson gets. Probably not not that much, not as much money, and and I guess on a similar like prove it kind of deal, right? We're seeing a lot more of those, and I guess players being open to more of those uh, because if with they... bridge deals is is players are banking on if they perform well, they're going to get a huge pay raise after that. So uh, deals like this, if if players are taking less term, um, they're 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 basically saying, listen, in two two three years, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be worth a lot more. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I just found the the uh, the the money for um, for Puljujarvi's deal now on on cap friendly. So it's projected at just over a million, so one point one seventy five. So that, I'd say that's pretty good if he's able to replicate, you know, the kind of production he put up in Finland and and be the player that you know everyone's expected him to be since he got drafted. I think that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think this just this guy is is a top end talent. Yeah. Uh, I just think he was rushed. Like he, he wasn't probably, and he's playing bottom minutes. So how you supposed, how you expected to put up numbers when you're, you're used to dominating in Finland and then here you are in, on the Edmonton Oilers playing bottom minutes, playing on maybe 10, 11 minutes a night. Like it's just, it's not feasible. To, I, I, to I hate on. the idea. I mean, he's a big guy at right? six, four. I hate the idea that these, these young skill players that, you know, if they're big bodies that they can fit into a bottom six role, it doesn't mean that they can do that. If they're not used to playing that kind of role, doesn't mean they'll fit even if they're huge, right? Like if they're used to sniping and dangling and, and setting, setting players up, they're not going to be comfortable on a checking role, even if they can, even if they're bigger than virtually any guy on the ice. That's it. It didn't. Yeah. It, it didn't make sense. It's no. uh, to play Pulleyarvi in a in a bottom six role like that is honestly like I, I I see where he came from to going to Finland. He 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 dominated in Finland this past season. Yeah. So yeah. He, it just goes to show that he he's uh, he's a top, he's still a top prospect. He's going to be a great a great player in this league, and we'll see how he plays next year with Edmonton. All right, man. I think we've we've gone on long enough. Uh, I think this will be an interesting off season. It's already got uh, you know gotten off to a to a strong start. 
Um, it's not in the summer as we're used to, and the weather's getting colder, but I think things are going to start heating up in the NHL uh, starting. I mean, it's already started, but but Friday with free agency should be really interesting. So um, thanks again for for joining me today. It was it was fun, and uh, I can't wait for what's to come. All right, man. Thank you, and take care. Take care.